Hello, and welcome to the All Things Hadoop podcast. I'm your host, Joe Stein, founder and principal consultant of Big Data Open Source Security, LLC. This is episode 19, a talk with Adam Fuchs. And now, on to the show. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Adam Fuchs. Adam is the chief technology officer of Squirrel. Adam is also an Apache Cumulo committer and PMC member. Welcome, Adam. Yeah, great to be here, Jeff. So, Adam, how did you get into Hadoop and open source? I actually spent uh, a number of years working on various architectural solutions at the National Security Agency. Uh, and you know, sometime in my career there, we were looking at basically a lot of technologies that the various search engine companies were using to bring search to the web and manage uh, very large data sets. Um, and, you know, of course, the whole open source community was looking at a lot of the architectures that Google and Yahoo were publishing about. And um, so we started looking at Hadoop uh, to really replace a whole bunch of like legacy database systems and, and open up a bunch of uh, access into various databases to, uh, to get more programmers and more application developers uh, coding and innovating on those systems. Uh, I started out using uh, Hadoop as just a, a big data processing engine, but we also started looking at uh, you know, Google's publications of their big table architecture uh, at around the same time. Uh, and sort of, uh, this was roughly early 2008 and late t- 2007 time frame. Uh, we kind of surveyed the field and looked at a whole bunch of different uh, architectures that were available to do a, a big table clone. I uh, kind of decided there, there wasn't anything that really met exactly our requirements, but the general architecture uh, was pretty close to what we wanted. Uh, so that's kind of when we started building this Accumulo project. Uh, and Accumulo was, uh, for a few years, a internal NSA project. Uh, and then we eventually uh, managed to write enough policy paperwork for us to open source it and participate in the open source community uh, through that. Uh, and then in you know, 2011, we open sourced Accumulo to Apache uh, and started really joining the open source community uh, you know, in earnest. That's great. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Cumulo's cell-level security and role-based authorizations and uh, talk a little bit about how Cumulo provides some unique solutions in the ecosystem today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Cumulo, one of its big strengths is that it can do fine-grained access control through a mechanism called cell-level security. Right, so if you think of databases in general, uh, databases are really a great tool for collaboration. Uh, you can have a, a separate group of data providers and data consumers, and they can all collaborate through schema definitions and access mechanisms that are standardized inside of a database. Uh, so when you try to apply that same concept uh, to security, uh, you need a different set of tools. So role-based access control is kind of the idea of being able to define this set of roles where, where data consumers can come in with that role and they can see a certain set of data uh, and data providers can uh, put rules that describe what roles are necessary, rules and roles uh, for accessing the data. Uh, and, you know, that's a great start. Um, cell-level security really tries to take that to an extreme. Uh, and if you think about 
the situation where you've got lots and lots of application developers all consuming data and a bunch of application, a bunch of data providers uh, contributing data, you want to be able to have a lot of flexibility for those folks to decide, you know, who can access data. And if you think about the case where you want to have uh, lots of data providers uh, coming in with, with different data sources and different data elements in there, uh, they may want to be able to open up access to a very large set of data consumers. Uh, so if they can do that by just kind of writing a label on a record, that's a lot simpler than going into a schema management for a shared database. Uh, so really data labeling becomes a, a component which is a really critical component for collaboration uh, around secure uh, data access control. Uh, cell level security in Accumulo is really this mechanism that lets you put labels on every cell. Right? So if you think of a, an Accumulo table as a collection of rows and columns, right? the intersections of those rows and columns are the cells. Uh, I can put a label on there that says, you know, this cell is top secret, this next cell is secret. Uh, and you know, with, with that labeling technique, uh, I can simplify the access to the database. Right? I can just basically say, everybody can have access to the table. I'm going to do the restrictions at the cell level. Uh, and effectively, that allows me to collaborate more with less coordination uh, kind of centralized in that database schema or the database security uh, control system. And then do you set the label to a user, or is the label set to the user that's actually doing the mutation on the system? Yeah, so labels in this case, the labels that we put on a cell are Boolean expressions of data attributes. Right? So I might have a data attribute that is, uh, you know, this data is personally identifiable information. Right? So maybe in the cell I have a social security number I label it as PII, right? Uh, that's, that kind of acts like a role or a, an attribute if you're looking at attribute-based access control systems. Uh, and then on access to Accumulo, uh, the user basically passes in a requested set of authorizations or a requested set of attributes. Uh, those get checks, checked against uh, some type of policy engine inside of Accumulo, uh, which is actually a pluggable mechanism. And then that user basically has access to that cell if they request access to PII and are granted. Um, so yeah, there, there's several parts there. There's the part of labeling the data as you ingest it. Uh, there's the part of checking the user's uh, requested accesses to, to say, yes, you have access to that piece of data. Right? And then there's the matter of filtering the data. So effectively, that becomes a filter based off of the user's requested accesses and the user sees the subset of the data that they're allowed to see. Okay, that's great. Can you explain the uh, Accumulo iterators and combiners a little bit? Uh, you know, some use cases and maybe contrast them and how they're different than some other systems? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, HBase in particular is often compared to Accumulo, um, and, you know, the two systems have a very interesting history. Uh, they both started pretty close to the same time. Uh, you know, laying the initial code. Um, Accumulo was, of course, an internal NSA project for a few years while HBase was out in the open source. Uh, but the, the two systems co-evolved together, and, and each of them 
ended up adopting this server-side programming mechanism. So in Accumulo, we call that iterators. Uh, coprocessors are the HBase uh, variant of that. Uh, they're similar. Uh, there are some differences. So let me just, I'll dive into iterators and talk about really what those are used for. Um, really, iterators, there's a, a couple of top-level uses for those. One is to do application-level server-side programming, uh, and the other is really just to implement general key handling functionality within Accumulo. Uh, so if we, if we look at application-level usage of iterators, um, think, think about a, a NoSQL system in general. Uh, NoSQL systems really started out around the focus of providing really efficient gets and puts to data. Right, so if I wanted to have uh, you know, a simple key value store, uh, maybe a hash-based key value store, I want to be able to put data in it very quickly, pull data out of it, uh, give it a key really quickly, uh, and you know, make that as efficient as possible, high concurrency, low latency, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, iterators, uh, you can think about iterators as a mechanism to really change that uh, insertion into a, a different operation. So if I insert a, a key in an associated value and I insert again with that same key a different value, typically what you get there is you overwrite the existing value with the new value. All right, so if I think about changing that overwrite into an operation like an aggregate, and so maybe I'm inserting the same key twice with two different numerical values, maybe I want to keep the sum of those values instead. Right, so at, at their very basic level, and really the original use for iterators was to be able to specify that aggregation operation uh, to replace the, the overwrite at insert time. Uh, so if you think about an example like MapReduce, um, or like word count in MapReduce, uh, yeah, word count is, of course, the canonical uh, programming exercise that everybody learns first when they start uh, doing a MapReduce. Um, in word count, what you do is you process a corpus and you generate a bunch of key value pairs in your map function. Uh, and the key is the word that you saw and the value is the number of times you saw it. Right? So it starts out being one the first time you see it. And as that key value pair transits through the combiner and through the reduce phase, you basically add up all of the number of times that you saw each word. Right? So the MapReduce version of word count is a bulk synchronous operation. If you think about translating that into the same generation of the key value pair, but then uh, writing it to a cumulo with an iterator rather than writing it through the combiner and through the reduced phase of the MapReduce, that basically turns into a streaming calculation of word count. And it's really the, the same operation um, done you know, at a granular level to support more of a streaming paradigm. Right, so with that, you basically get lower latency uh, and you get... Uh, you know, the ability to do to have like a partial execution persisted between uh, input sets. So, can you look at the value within the rows when you're doing that operation? And and does this work well for problems like uniqueness within time? Right, when you're doing like unique user calculation, you know, if you have a uh, one unique user in hour two and two unique users in hour three, you can't sum those, right? Because a unique user for the day. You know, that's, that could only be two, right? Because same yep, person. Yep. That, yeah. So you can't sum unique. So can this be used to solve that type of problem as well? Streaming? Yeah. So the way the way that we do that is we essentially do uh, modeling of that time information. And you know, when you 
when you extend that basic concept of a simple key value store where you do maybe a hash-based insertion, hash-based lookup uh, into a sorted key value store, which is that basic big table paradigm, uh, there you've got keys that aren't just identical, but maybe they sort close to each other. So there's a, a notion of proximity uh, that's really a relational nature there. Uh, so in your example where you've got uh, users maybe over an hour of day or users in a day, uh, you're grouping a couple of elements. Maybe those both of those elements become uh, part of the key, but they're different parts, right? And they, all of the all of the users with the same name, but in different days, you know, I could sum over those uh, within that day grouping as long as you put those different elements in your key, uh, and then you know, further aggregation of that, maybe you want to see a user over all time instead of within a day or within an hour, uh, you can do that as a follow-on uh, iterator operation. Yeah, And iterators really, in that sense, give you, you know, like a, a read, modify, write, free uh, way of doing asset properties for that type of, um, that type of update, uh, that type of uh, aggregation. Yeah, it sounds very much like the type of code you would write in a producer. You know, oh, I saw this. Okay, count it. Don't count it again until I see the next one. Yeah, sounds very, uh, very interesting. Absolutely. Well, and and one of the specializations of iterator in in the code is actually a combiner, uh, which is, you know, when you put a MapReduce combiner on, you're basically operating over a subset of the keys, and uh, you know, doing some reduction of the values. Uh, it's really the same programming paradigm, uh, so you can think of it as that. Um, of, of course, there's this other usage of iterators in general for Accumulo as well, which is just handling keys inside of the system. Um, so Accumulo uh, is a system designed to do random I.O. You're going to do, be doing insertions of keys, and you sort the keys, and you put, them, you put the keys wherever the keys sort, uh, which essentially you know, is random I.O. Uh, we put this on a big system with lots of disks, and we try to scale that up to petabytes in size. Uh, and of course, spinning disks suck at random I.O. So to get around that, we basically introduce mechanisms like batching and caching, right? And uh, as we do that, we basically, we have to do operations at the same time, like deletions, uh, sorting of data, uh, implementing versioning. All of those operations are implemented in Accumulo using iterators, right? So they're not only a, a uh, application programming mechanism, but they're also part of the modular design of the Accumula server. Essentially, that gets us a, gives us an ability to maintain things like consistency and isolation, um, and implement our asset properties, uh, and really simplify the, the overall pro programming of the Accumula server and making it more modular, making it more testable, um, and ultimately making it more stable and more scalable. Right. I, I can see now the differences from an architecture perspective between Accumulo and HBase because coprocessors came in, you know, late, right? And they were kind of around for a bit and then people jumped on them. And so, you know, I could I could see the difference in how it started and kind of where the different systems are in that regard now. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Now, this isn't to say that coprocessors aren't, aren't a very powerful mechanism, but they're definitely a very different programming model from iterators. Yep. And they've had their time to mature in the open source community, right? It's 2014, you know, I'm, I'm thinking 2011, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah. 
All right, so what makes Accumulo preferable to building very broad and deep machine learning systems on top of it? So, so Accumulo, I mean, what, some of the core features there are scalability, flexible schema support, you know, iterators like we've talked about, security like we've talked about. Um, all of those things together really make for a system that's a pretty natural uh, knowledge base type system. So you can imagine just amassing this, this massive uh, collection of features and relationships uh, and sticking those into an organized store, uh, preserving security around them, right? So maybe think about a, a medical use case, you're pulling in patient information, you have things like doctor-patient confidentiality, you know, HIPAA law protecting that data. Uh, Accumulo really can be that secure base store for all those features. Uh, you know, and most most uh, machine learning folks will tell you that feature selection is really the the most critical part of getting a good result in machine learning. So having the right set of features available, uh, you know, really makes for a you know powerful uh, powerful foundation to uh, form a, a machine learning system. How well does Accumulo do when storing graph databases and vertexes and edges, and how does the cell level uh, security apply to edges and vertices? Yeah, so Accumulo is actually, uh, we found to be a pretty natural store for storing graphs. Um, and in particular, I would call these operational graphs, so graphs where you have a lot of changes to the edges over time. Um, you know, Accumulo being good at doing those random operations can add an edge to a neighborhood uh, and at the same time keep all of the edges in a neighborhood together so that they can be traversed efficiently. Uh, so uh, along with that, you get things like compression and, um, you know, lower relative entropy, storing two edges next to each other. So you get a lot of nice features on top of that. Um, with the with iterators, uh, we can do things like, you know, store all of the edges of a neighborhood together, um, store those next to, uh, you know, features of the, the nodes that they point to, do things like intersections and provide, uh, you know, local graph filtering capabilities. Uh, there are really a lot of capabilities that you can build inside of Accumulo to, to make graph handling uh, very efficient. And you would build an iterator, let's say you wanted to keep track of, you know, the sum of all the... Uh, uh, vertices in the neighborhood that could just also be in an iterator, just keeping track and adding one to the top root or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of goes back to this distribute the computation to the data model. Um, you know, iterators being a server-side programming mechanism are about as close to the data as you can get and, and still have, you know, some uh, general pro general purpose programmability. So are they are they asynchronous or are they synchronous and there are some guidelines to how many iterators before you start to time out or can you kind of give a sense from you know speaking to a developer like what uh, what it means to them and how they should work with them? Yeah, so if you think about processing a query as a series of stream operations, the iterators are basically extra stream operations that you you lop onto that. Right, so if you were doing a table scan you know, you might just be streaming or iterating over all of the entries in the table, right? And instead of shipping those back to the client, you ship those through a processing element and transform them and then ship the results back to the client, right? So they're, 
they're part of that same flow. They're part of the same uh, query execution thread. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's essentially you, you build a tree out of them and out of the top of the tree uh, come your results. Is there a way to monitor and to create metrics around them? Uh, that's a good question. So uh, the the monitoring, I guess, you know, what you would do is you'd use the built-in monitoring that's part of Accumulo. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's some JMX integrations that you can take advantage of that show query performance and query throughput. Uh, so, yeah, there's some of that monitoring that you can do. Um, iterators, you know, since they're kind of a general purpose programming framework, uh, you know, you can write all sorts of uh, Java code in there. And if you wanted to have a side effect of doing some monitoring, that could certainly be built into your iterators. So it could just so we so someone could just take a you know an, some metrics package and create a iterator that starts the time, an iterator that stops the time, and then that you know precede that and put it at the end of all the different ones and start tracking that however they wanted to, right? It's just that flexible. Yeah, you certainly could do that. Um, and in fact, one of the mechanisms that's built into Accumulo is this tracer capability. Okay. Um, so Google put out another paper uh, called, uh, I think it was Dapper, uh, talking about tracing distributed operations mm -hmm. uh, through RPC boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, Accumulo inside of the iterators and inside of the query processors basically has uh, hooks that you can put in place to do timing and to do, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's um, you know, putting, putting partitions into that timing space. Uh, so I, I think you can hook into the add in iterators as well if you wanted to get you know, full RPC uh, timing information. Yeah, I definitely have to check that out. So what's the future of Accumulo? Oh, that's a good question. I think I would sum it up as uh, right now the focus is bigger, faster, and stronger. Right? So a lot of people are doing work like supporting multiple HDFS name nodes to be able to scale up to a bigger instance of Accumulo. Um, there's a lot of work on improving file formats and improving compression techniques uh, to make it faster, uh, as well as some work on you know, making sure that processes are self-healing so the system is more resilient to things like uh, varying load uh, generated by a MapReduce in a multi-tenant environment uh, or partial network failures or failures of racks and things like that. Uh, so, you know, more specifically, in the next version, we've got a few new features. Um, one of them is encryption. A lot of people are working on, on this encryption capability. Um, part of that is encryption in motion, where we're adding in SSL capabilities between the uh, Accumulo servers and Accumulo clients. Uh, we're also doing a lot of work on encryption at rest. So we've built in some, uh, some pluggable encryption strategies into the file formats that we use to basically give us the same low latency, high throughput uh, query performance uh, across those, those internal files. Uh, while providing you know, that that encrypted uh, you know, safe at rest with with a pluggable key strategy, where we can push the key encrypting key off of off of the node, uh, you know, into another cluster if necessary. Right. So there's a lot of work going going on into encryption. Uh, what else? I think uh, you know eventually people have some loftier goals as well. Uh, so uh, transactions in general. 
with Accumulo, you can get asset properties at the row level, uh, but doing a transaction across multiple rows is a little bit tricky. Uh, so there are some projects where people are putting in the foundations for an eventual transaction capability in there. Uh, and I think maybe some folks will uh, uh, will start working on that in earnest over the next year or so. Um, what else? Cross-site replication. A bunch of people ask us about cross-site replication and you know, how do you how do you have a disaster recovery strategy? Um, HBase in particular has has put in some interesting uh, solutions to that. I think there's some stuff we can adopt into Accumulo as well. Um, one of my projects that you know, if I ever have any time, I, I may work on here is actually refining the iterator programming model in general. So uh, iterators are very powerful. Um, they can also be a bit challenging to code. There are a lot of kind of edge cases that you run into that make it difficult to write unit tests. Um, yeah, I've, I've been hashing out a couple of interesting new programming models that might make it. Uh, more of a, a, a user-friendly operation to write your own iterator. Great. Uh, so can you tell us a little about Squirrel and kind of where Squirrel fits into the ecosystem? Right. So so one of my hats is uh, a Cumulo committer and, and PMC member, but uh, my other hat is, of course, CTO of Squirrel. Um, Squirrel is a company that uh, we basically started uh, almost two years ago now, uh, and Squirrel's goal is really to to take established design patterns for building applications on top of Accumulo and productize those design patterns. Right? So make it a lot easier for customers to adapt uh, and to, to really adopt the technology that we put into Accumulo. So uh, Squirrel is, you think of it as a series of libraries, processes, and extensions to Accumulo. Uh, and we're really completing that ecosystem. Right? So we're tying in to uh, better security capabilities, tying into uh, some of those uh, federated authentication and authorization systems. Uh, and at the same time, we're providing a, a richer API uh, around uh, wrapped around Accumulo. Right? So we expose Accumulo as a document store. We expose graph store capabilities. Uh, we include uh, a lot of indexing capabilities, so you can ask things like Lucene-style Lucene uh, questions of the data and uh, you know, have that come back as a document uh, and have the, the index be embedded in Accumulo, providing all of the security capabilities that Accumulo provides around that, all the fine-grained access controls. Um, what else? Management, monitoring tools, uh, and providing support for either the whole stack uh, or, you know, partnering with existing Hadoop providers and providing support for the Accumulo and Squirrel parts of that. Thank you for your time, Adam. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeff.